Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to your favorite film's Trash, the podcast where we take your favorite film, we dismantle it, take it apart, we tell you exactly why it's trash, because the things we like are good, the things that everybody else likes are terrible. I'm Eric Truman. I'm joined with my main man, Young Eggs. John, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm great. I'm glad to be here. Another wonderful day. Of course, of course. And, and what are we pulling apart this week, pal? Uh, we're pulling apart the classic 1991 film, New Jack City. It's directed by uh, Mario Van Peebles. He's the son of another famous black director. Uh, story was written by a white man named Thomas Lee Wright, if you didn't know. Who better to tell the tale of an inner city drug ring? Recorded in Houston, Texas by 10 Clock Productions. got 1980s New York, we've got uh, Ice-T who plays a, de- a detective who is, you know, breaking down hand-to-hands in the, in the neighborhood of Harlem, New York City. Uh, we've got Nino Brown who is driving around in Jeeps, wearing Dapper Dan suits, selling drugs until his man G-Money one day introduces him to crack and says, hey man, we should sell this instead. So what they do is they start selling crack. They buy. They take over. They don't really buy it. They just take over a a, a, a project. Project house. What's it called? No privileged black like you wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not familiar with these things. Uh, I'm not familiar with that poverty. Um, but they take over a, a, a the apartment building called the Carter, and they run their whole drug op- operation out of there. Um, Ice T. And a couple of his fellow police officers uh, run uh, form a task force, basically, to take o- take down the Carter, take down Neil Brown. Uh, over the course of the movie, they make multiple errors in actual police work. They break the law. Uh, they basically, you know, are running a kangaroo court. They endanger citizens and coworkers alike. Yeah, and they, you know they terrorize the citizens, you know, police and. Police and you know Brown, they pro- they probably do as much equal damage uh, as possible, but in the end, uh, Nino dies. He gets shot at the courthouse, you know, in some form of street justice that 
uh, proves that the system doesn't work, believes that proves that police work doesn't work, and you know basically proves that drug rehabilitation is useless. Well, or at least that's know, what blacks I would get out and rock the vote. Maybe we wouldn't have these problems, but you know that's another podcast for another day. Yeah, you know if we would wear suits. Mm-hmm. Then we'd be impervious to crack. The reason number one that this so-called classic doesn't hold up to me is just the the sheer blatant way that, you know, Nino Brown runs his operation, mainly with the way he carries himself, the way he dresses. Now, everybody that knows me knows I love a horny cartoon wolf suit, a zoot suit. The bigger the pants and the blazer, the better, I feel. Except in this case, because they move it with, with, with no type of discretion, no type of finesse. They, they wear zoot suits literally to everything. They wear them to play pickup basketball. I think it's absurd. Uh, a couple weeks ago, not even a couple weeks ago, um, Demi Lovato's drug dealer gave an interview on TMZ. I think this is the I think this is the '90s equivalent to that. He's just I don't I don't even think that Eggs. Could you tell me if Nino Brown had a money laundering operation in this movie or not? Because he didn't, right? He was just spending drug money at at the store and just putting it yeah, th- on on credit cards. Yeah, right? I think he was just he was just taking it straight to uh, straight to Dwayne Reed with it. <laughs> I don't even think he was cleaning it or anything. He was. He was paying, uh, you know, for Tic Tacs with $100 bills. <laughs> Telling people to keep the change. Just walking around, uh, you know, looking like a criminal would in the 90s. He, he was he was looking like Cab Calloway. He was. He was cutting a step like him, too. Just, you know, just, just dancing all over the competition in the Harlem drug game. I'll tell you where he didn't dance all over, though. The basketball court. This is some of the worst on-screen basketball I've ever seen in my entire life. And it has to be attributed to the fact that the game is played in uh, big pantaloons and hard-bottom shoes on the Harlem courts. You need... Square uh, toes. Square toes, even. You can hear, you know, the, the big chunky heels hitting the blacktop as jumpers were attempted with terrible form, I might add. It's... Like, if you told me that, that, that Wesley Snipes would end up playing Sidney Dean years later... I wouldn't have believed you, based on based on the basketball I, I, I saw played in this film. Even Jumani's jumper from from earlier in the movie when they weren't playing one on one. Did you see his elbow? It's see very how shaky. Wide out and it, it was? Another thing, G Money. He also played. Uh, uh, he was also on Fresh Prince as Will's number one hoop rival. They battled it out for a scholarship. Marcus Stokes, I believe his name was, and he had everything right on that game. He had a son. And Will will through the game, but in my opinion, I don't think Will had to throw anything. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I think I think Will did have to throw because if he didn't, you know, with that shaky jumper, I don't see him, you know, making it. You know, D one. Do you? No, he's playing at Alcorn State. Yeah, mid major or something. I was looking at the game and I was just I was wondering they were bouncing the ball like extremely hard. Uh, I think they had their jewelry on. I don't know if it was like a performance art or if they were actually engaged in battle they were angry i can tell you that they definitely weren't dribbling with their fingertips no that was all palm that was wrist that was all palm yeah terrible you know fundamentals which would ultimately be their downfall at the end of the film getting away from the basics now not to be colorist or anything there's too many light-skinned people in new jack city I, i i've never spent an extended amount of time in harlem but what I can tell you is that 
there's never a congregation of that many light-skinned people in one place at one time. Uh, furthermore, none of them really, none of them really exemplified like an actual light skin mentality. Well, you know what? There, there's a uh, there's Ice T, who plays uh, Detective Scotty Appleseed. I'm guessing is his last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yes. got. You've got R&B singer, New Jack, uh, New Jack Swing singer, uh, Christopher Williams, who plays a computer genius, if you can believe that. Uh, he went to computer school, university. Of course. And now he is. On the Steve Harvey scholarship. Yeah, on a full scholarship. And now he keeps Nino Brown's accounting records in whatever 1992's. Uh, on a floppy disk. Equivalent was. And uh, who else have we got that's light skin in this movie? Marvin Peebles Marvin himself. Peebles, who plays uh, the commanding officer of Ice T. Uh, we've got Nino's girlfriend that he abuses, which, you know, I, I don't know if that was less, you know, frowned upon in 1991. But I don't think he ever got his comeuppance for that either. I don't think she ever redeemed herself. Well, some would say he got it when he laid on the courtroom floor bleeding out. From oh, the yeah, when, uh, yeah, when Delroy Lindo shot him. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, we got but, that. Uh, there's one more uh, light-skinned person that I can't forget about. He's not actually light-skinned. He's white. And that that brings up another point in the movie that I was pretty upset about. It was when Ice-T uh, is introduced to his new partner, the white guy with the the uh, New Jack Swing goatee, he he pulls Mario Van Peebles to the side and he says, "What's up with the white guy?" And if you're paying attention, that guy is actually darker than Ice T in this movie. He's a lot darker than Ice T in this movie. Yeah, and it, it's 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 weird because they pit the light skinned uh, police up against the dark skinned uh, Nino Browns of the world, and you know we're supposed to not be you know conditioned to be colorist i don't know i think it was the white rider i blame the white rider i think all the ills of this movie you could blame on the white rider yeah um when in doubt that that they they mostly are to blame for for how trash this movie are um but you know in the end i just think it was a casting failure I agree. I, you know, I think light-skinned people are going to look out for one another. Marvin Peebles obviously had an agenda when he was casting this film. Um, he was going to hold down, you know, the to, up to that point, criminally underrepresented and underappreciated light-skinned community because, you know, you, Eggman, as a light-skinned fellow yourself, you know the trials right. and tribulations that your community's faced over the years and continue right. to face to this day. So, And I know, I know when to call it out. I see it. I live it. Yeah. And you know, you know, you can't have progress, you know, without without telling the truth. The following is brought to you by Ten Clock Productions. Hey, I'm Opes. And I'm Cha. And this is the Chicken Social, a show where we talk about sports, politics, pop culture, and anything else that's happening. Basically barbershop talk, but smart. <laughs> you can listen to every episode of the, the Chicken Social on 10clockproductions.com as well as anywhere else that podcasts are sold for the low, low price of free. The Chicken Social at 10 Clock Production. Let's get it.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, reason number three. What I believe to be the most egregious example of just poor decision-making, police work, film writing, you know, within the con- within the confines of the universe of the movie and looking at it from the outside, it's just a stupid decision all around. Uh, they send Chris Rock's Pookie, who, you know, starts the movie as a stick-up kid. He robs, you know, I see... Starts a chase. He shoots him. He goes to jail. He comes out. He, you know, becomes addicted to crack. He's down. He's out. Ice-T recognizes him. He saves him. He gets him off the crack. He gets him doing push-ups and sit-ups and eating green vegetables. He turns his life around. And once he's finally healthy and in shape, his teeth are no longer brown. Uh, they get him a job at the Carter. First as a lookout. He works his way up the ranks. It's like a McDonald's commercial. He starts slow, and then next thing you know, he's up in management. You know, he's really moving up the, the corporate ladder of the crack operation. And Ice-T gets the broad idea to send him undercover into the center of the crack operation with a with a camera taped to his chest. And what does he do? He starts doing crack again. Like, I mean, we all could have saw that coming, right? Like, I just don't understand it. All it takes is one crack to relapse, you know, and you surround them with at least I counted at least 478 cracks in in in, in one crack scene alone. And, you There's know, I mean, who can resist? It's a lot of cracks, you know, and that's just, you know, that was just one part of the day. Who knows how many cracks are moving through, you know, that hub a day? It's it's got to be a lot. You know, just the, the, the sheer amount of crack that he was exposed to was irresponsible, negligent, and almost criminal. I honestly think that after the film, you know, if it's, if it's a sequel, they should, Ice T should be brought up on, on charges, you know, for neg- negligent police work, you know, endangering public citizens. I don't know if those are charges. Um, you know, I dropped out of law school pretty early, but um, if if those are charges, he should be brought up on them. Right, you and agree? we can do the math. We can, we can figure out how much money Nino Brown makes a day. And you know, break it down price by price per crack. You know, figure out the hypotenuses and Pythagorean theorems per crack capita, right? The numbers will bear out that Ice T is to blame for Pookie. You know, relapsing. I agree. All those push-ups, sit-ups for nothing. And that that brings me to my next point. Ice T was fucking up in this movie. Uh, if we if we talk about police work, our our fourth point is that the police are 
they're I mean they're they're not just bad. They make the situation worse. Um their their efforts in taking down the Cash Money Brothers um is rife with illegal activity. It's full of, you know, police work that will get thrown out in a court of law. Oh, just just about every morsel of evidence they collect in this movie is inadmissible in the court of law. Anybody who watches at least three hours of Law and Order SVU can see that seventy five percent of their case can be thrown out. Right, and you know, Ice T infiltrates. You know, the uh, the Cash Money Brothers. He sort of becomes their muscle, and you know, one of Nino Brown's. You know, at least his left hand, if not if not his right, if G Money is his right, um, he is kind of the quiet guy who just kind of holds the gun and wears shades all the time. Um, Great work if you can get it. Right. But, you know, he, he, he part of his work is doing illegal work. And, you know, honestly, he's he's a detective. He's a city detective. He's not really CIA. He's not federal. Um, so I'm not sure you know, where he can get off, like, pistol-whipping people. But uh, not just not just his role in the Cash Money Brothers. We've got his partner who breaks in to the Cash Money Brothers compound and steals mm-hmm. evidence out of their safe, which is illegal. Yep. They didn't have a warrant. They didn't, you know, have... I mean, they probably had probable cause. You know, Nino is out here, you know, buying, you know, Fifteen thousand dollars worth of turkey. Uh, that's just in cash. Good. In cash. Um, but we've got that. We've also got in the very beginning of the movie, Ice T just fundamental uh, lack of police skill or tact or you know uh, when when Pookie back in the eighties is you know before his days as a crack addict. Uh, he's, you know, just kind of a stick-up kid. He's, you know, part-time drug dealer. Ice-T shows up to buy, you know, some cracks from Pookie with a duffel bag full of cash. It looks like it's got to be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know why he's walking up to a 17-year-old with, you know, that kind of money. At 2 in the afternoon. Right. What kind of return on investment is that? You you get a, a duffel bag full of, you know... Thousands of dollars for a seventeen-year-old. That I mean, can't unless be it's like, unless he's a rapper, that's a terrible way right. to go. So of course, so of course, he pulls out like an Acme mallet and, bang, and bashes Ice T over the head. And <laughs> you know that. I mean, that's just that's just the sort of you know police work that we're dealing with here in New Jack City. I think that's why the crime got so bad. Um, I'm gonna say it. If they had LAPD, I think they might have had it a little more under control. It might have been a little more brutal. Hot take. You know, at least we don't have dodo birds. You know, yeah, protecting well, the streets. They might be racist. Point. They are racist, but they're not dumb. <laughs> All right, X. Now we reach the part of the show where. We put on our screenwriter hats and we fix this movie. Right. Suggested edits. What do you have for us uh, this week, X? Okay, well, my suggested edit is there is a scene in which uh, Cash Money Brothers and everybody's at a wedding. 
Um, they're having a good time. And the Italians roll up to attack. Um, they they come out of a catering van with Uzis and Mac 11s and they start spraying the, the wedding up. Nino is caught out in the open. He picks up a, a six-year-old girl, mm-hmm. probably a flower girl, and he uses her as a shield, um, much like you do in Call of Duty. Um, mm-hmm. So my suggested edit is, because she doesn't get shot in the movie, my suggested edit is that she gets you know, absolutely pummeled. Um, she dies. Um, Nino goes home. He's even more distraught than he is in the movie after, you know, getting away clean. Um, and he decides to turn his life around. So what he does is he donates all his money to the church. He starts wearing regular okay. suits and top hats instead of, okay. uh, you know, zoot suits. Um, he finds a nice Christian girl to settle down with. And he becomes a preacher. He, he joins the, uh, the local seminary. Uh, and all's well that ends well. You know, Eggs, when I was watching this movie, I, at the end of it, I said, I said to myself, you know, something's missing. Um, well, a lot was missing because the film was trash, obviously. But I was like, there's just something, something missing that, that could turn the tide this movie. And I think you might have hit the nail on the head with child murder. I just, I don't know how you did it. Yeah, I mean, because I think you just suggested that a six-year-old child die at the, you know, at the hands of of mobsters. Right, we all need sacrifice. I think that's exactly what this film needs. Um, Even a Roper could have done no better. I don't think so. No. A couple of amateurs, if you ask me. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. My suggested edit is that at the end of the movie, the old gentleman who ultimately ends Nito Brown's life, you know, to save his neighborhood, to save the youth of Harlem. I think that after he kills Nino, he needs to he needs to he needs to be given the opportunity to say like a cool one liner, put on his old man shades, adjust his old man hat, and walk off into the sunset as a hero. Instead, he's tackled by the police, who should have did what he did a long time ago. You know, this movie would have been five minutes long if, you know, the NYPD had just shot Nino Brown Spring some crack on him, uh, toss the gun by his side, you know. But, you know, they didn't want to step up. They didn't want to take those kind of measures. So our hero, old black man, had to do it. And I think that he should be given his just due with a one-liner and a walk-off into the sunset and then the credits roll. I think maybe something like crack is whack or you're out, Jack. Um, Something along those lines. What's happening, Raj? Yeah, something like that. Dynamite. Hey, hey, hey. Looks like crack smoked you. I like that one. I like that one. See, crack see, and then you. think about it. He pops his collar and then he walks off. Maybe two of Nino's girls come up on either side of him. Black don't crack. How about that? Black, yeah, black don't crack. We got it. That's that's it. That's the money maker right there. That could that would have that would have started it. That would that would have made it a franchise. That would it would have been oh, like yeah. it would have been like it would have been like the New Jack City trilogy. There would have been a new New Jack every year, like every summer. It would have been the event of the summer. The New Jack Cinematic Universe. Pookie would have got like a prequel uh, where you saw how he became a 17-year-old stick-up kid. Right. Maybe G-Money gets a movie, action figures, lunchboxes. We would have got a new Netflix series. Yeah. Black Don't Crack. That's it. That's the one. That's the one, Eggman. 
I think that's that just about does it for this week's edition of Your Favorite Football Trash. I've been Eric Trillman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Trillman underscore. Eggs, where can people find you, pal, to harass you? Find me on Twitter at J-L-S-P-R-U-I-L-L. And that's the only place I want to be found. That's fair. You can find all the written, your favorite from the trash reviews that we've done on TinClockProductions.com. You can also find the Chicken Social there. You can find other episodes of the show there. Bios, pictures if you want to see our beautiful faces. Thank you for joining us once again. We'll be back to trash and mock and make fun of stuff next week. All right. See you guys later. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.